You're listening to Great Relationships, Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, in Love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And right now, I'm Paul Moore here with Herman Even, and right out of the box, all I have is an attitude of gratitude. Mm. At Bible study at your house last night, a woman brought it up. She nailed specifically what I was talking about, and she said... Herman, I've been a Christian for all these many years, and I've never heard anyone talk about the things you say. And all I could think to myself was, oh, my gosh, you need to move. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I really bless God for the station that's airing us right now Mm -hmm. and for the people who are listening, because it's not just about information. It's about transformation. It's Mm -hmm. about a program of discipleship. And bless God, there are others on this very station saying the same sorts of things. Right. And bless God for the Christian activist. When we have a mindset that is willing to pay attention to the truth and act on it, there's a big difference. It's a big difference. And that's what we're hoping people will do with their relationships. Pay attention to the things that, that God is asking us to do. That's exactly right. Well, let me pray for us, and then uh, let's uh, take off on where we're going to go today. Lord, thank you so much for your truth. We don't appreciate it enough because it is the life that we can live it is the very thing that makes life make sense when we pay attention and simply obey your word in your precious name. Amen. Amen and hallelujah. So here I am in this room with an attitude of gratitude, and I open the window, and all of a sudden the real world creeps in, and it's like things are running downhill, Herman. Mm-hmm. They're getting bad. I mean, they're terrible. In fact, so much so I think, how bad can it get? <laughs> it is so easy for us to go there. And unfortunately, we have a tendency to focus too much on that. But there is, it, it's, it's reasonable. It makes total sense. One of the things that we teach all the time in our Great Leaders program is the influence of entropy. Well, there's a term that some people may not know. You don't hear that on your local no, you Christian don't. station. Entropy. Entropy is about All things are running down, scattering, disorganizing, declining when energy is not put into it. In a closed system, things are going to run down, scatter, disorganize, and decline. So if I think all I'm going to do is show up for church on Sunday, listen to Christian radio, and I wonder why I'm not getting closer to God. Excellent application of entropy. Entropy is just a scientific word for the sin nature, (laughs) the way I look at it. It's simply, if you aren't putting energy into your walk with the Lord, if you're not obeying him and doing what he asks you to do, just expect things to get worse. And, of course, I I do have this theory that the further we get away from the Garden of Eden, the worse things are. But things go in cycles, too. Things typically go in cycles. And it does make sense to ask, since we're talking about relationships, that very title of the show or the way we're thinking about it, how how bad can it get? get? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on around us right now. Okay, but let me ask. It seems like we're running downhill. Is it as bad as it ever was? That is an interesting question. I love the way that you pose that, because that is the mindset that we need to really be thinking about. Here's what I'd like to pose to you. Ephesians 5, 22 and 25. We'll just take very short parts of this. Oh, now that's a lot of people's favorite verse, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I know. I know. A lot, of, a lot of women and a lot of men don't like these two verses, but uh, we're in this for obedience, right? So wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, Ephesians 5.22. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, Ephesians 5.25. So here's the question that I'd like us to think about. Put yourself in the, in the shoes or in the pew, if they had one back then, when Paul wrote this letter, and it was first read to the Ephesian church. 
I'm sitting there in Ephesus, and all of a sudden somebody says, we got a letter from Paul, and I'm thinking, yeah, great, that dude was cool. And this is what comes out. And this is what comes out. Wives, submit to your husbands. Uh, husbands, love your wives. So what we need to be considering here is what was marriage like at that point in time? That's very important for us to consider. When we read these letters, we think that they're commonplace. Mm-hmm. Rarely do I ever stop and think there was a time when this is the first time it was ever said. So now I'm in Ephesus. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm in Ephesus, and this is the first time anyone's saying something like that. So what was it like? Yay, that's great. That's exactly where I want us to go. So let's look at it from three different perspectives. From the Jewish perspective, how would that have been viewed? Three different perspectives, the, having heard this at the first time. Gotcha. That's right. The Jewish perspective, the, the Jews had a low view of women. They were seen as servants. In fact, many times a, a Jewish man would pray something like, God, I thank you that I'm not a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. Wow. I mean, that's pretty, pretty negative as you can consider it on women. And when you consider the issue related to divorce, Deuteronomy 24.1, it has the concept of uncleanness. If your wife, if there was any uncleanness in your wife, so that that brought up two views. One, that uncleanness meant adultery would be the only reason for divorce, but a view too was meant anything. If, if she cooked you a bad dinner, if she didn't look as good as another woman, that would be the reason for divorce. So A lot of job security in that. No kidding. And so what do you think most of the Jewish men accepted? View one, which is it's only adultery, or view two? Well, obviously they accepted view two. So that was the way that men and women we're thinking about marriage when Paul read that, Ephesians 5.22 and 5.25, okay? Okay, so that's a Jewish perspective. That's the Jewish mindset. You that's promised right. me three. I promised you three. Let's look at the Greek mindset here. The Greek mindset, they were worse than the Jews. <laughs> and that's, that is pretty, pretty difficult, okay, right? Okay, that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot because a legal procedure for divorce wasn't necessary. God specifically outlined, here's the procedure in Deuteronomy 24. Here's the procedure you follow. In the Greek culture, you know, there wasn't a procedure. All uh, the, the wives simply cleaned the house and had legitimate children. That's all they were useful for in the way that the Greeks were thinking about this. Uh, in fact, Demosthenes, here's a quote from Demosthenes. We have courtesans for the sake of pleasure. We have concubines for the sake of daily cohabitation. And we have wives for the purpose of having children legitimately and being faithful guardians for our household affairs. That's the only reason for them. But we have all these extramarital affairs. We have all these other things that are going on with other women. So these Greek men didn't take God's word, obviously, the way that Paul was talking about it in, in any shape or form, they had a very low view of women also. So there was a very difficult mindset for both Jews and Greeks. And the third? And then the third, we have the Roman mindset. And the Roman mindset was worse than the Jews and worse than the Greeks. Divorce was the norm. In fact, Jerome a historian tells us that a woman was married had who was married her 23rd husband and she was his 21st wife wow 
that's nothing more than uh, marriage was being legalized prostitution. That's really what that boiled down to. Getting married when you were tired of them, divorce and marry again. Just go on. You know, it didn't, didn't matter. Uh, the women's liberation movement was rampant at that point in time also. They were against having children because it hurt how they looked. Oh, have we heard that uh, phrase in, in modern <laughs> times? Uh, they wanted to do everything men did. Women wrestlers, women fencers, uh, all the same type of things that men did. Same type of thing that's going on now. So we can see a little bit of the cycle, right? So is it getting worse? Well, well, we'll talk about that. Okay, but you said that the farther we get from the garden, the worse it is. That's a theory of mine. Well, no, I'm digging it because I'm looking at the three of those and, you know. It's pretty bad. That's exactly right. Well, no, I'm thinking in the garden when God created woman, right? I'm going to create for you a helpmate suitable to your design. And mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you're telling me what it was 2,000 years after the garden. And I'm thinking or 2,000 years from that. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let me let me finish up with the Rome right after we get get back. Okay, we will. Uh, you're listening to Great Relationships. Listen, if this is interesting to you, and I hope that it is, let us know. If you disagree, let us know. You know, it's one of those things. If you like us, tell your friends, and if you don't, let us know. Yeah. And you can do that at Great Relationships. That's grnumulatrelationships.com. We'll be back right after this. Great definitions for great relationship. God's complementary designs. Men and women are created equal in value, but different in design and role. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. You don't have to sing the blues about today's issues. Learn to think biblically with Worldview Academy's Bill Jack with simple tools for brain surgery. During Worldview Academy summer camps, we train students to share their faith by using a survey based on the Ten Commandments. It starts like this. How many of the Ten Commandments can you name? Most people quickly name all the don'ts, such as don't steal, lie, murder, However, people nearly always miss the first commandment. That's right, one God. If they miss that one, then all the other rules fall by the wayside anyway, right? One of the habits people develop in suppressing the truth of God is denying that God is. They do not honor God as God. Is your view of Christianity merely a religion of don'ts, or do you honor God in everything you do? Another simple tool for brain surgery. To add more tools to your kit, call 1-800-2411-123. Welcome back. You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love, and also discussing entropy, the second law of thermodynamics <laughs> on a Christian program. Not sure how that worked. Actually, I do. Herman, before the break, we were talking about views of marriage mm -hmm. in Greece, Rome, and from a Jewish perspective, classical Jewish perspective, mm -hmm. and Paul's letter being read for the first time to the church in Ephesus. Right. So what we were wanting to do is determine what was marriage how was marriage seen by those people in Ephesus when they first heard the letter and the letter was saying, wives, submit to your husbands. 
Well, and, no. and husbands love your wives. That's that's what we were trying to determine. And we saw that the Jews basically, the, the Jewish man basically was praying things like, uh, God, thank you that I'm not a uh, Gentile slave or a woman. So a very low view of women. Uh, when you get over to the Greeks, very similar mindset. They looked at to a woman primarily uh, for pleasure for sex as a courtesan or as a concubine, or if uh, you had a wife, she was just there to give you legitimate kids and take care of the household. So, now I know why there wasn't Hallmark cards in antiquity. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then we moved over to the Romans, and the Romans were worse than the Greeks or the Jews. They were, they were literally, uh, marriage was like legalized prostitution. Uh, it was just a matter of uh, you didn't you could just go from one marriage to another. It's just a matter of uh, just changing partners. It's literally what it boiled down to. But here's something that, that's very interesting. If you go look at the Roman history, you, you're going to find something that uh, I found in the Daily Bible Study series by uh, Will, William Barclay uh, that Rome was different in the beginning. And here's the quote. So high was the standard of Roman morality that for the first 500 years of the Roman Commonwealth, there was not one single recorded case of divorce. Not one. Not one. The first man to divorce his wife was Spurius Carvelius Ruga in the year 234 BC, and he did so because she was childless and he desired a child. Now here is the very important statement of why that quote was being provided. This this man's statement was, Rome conquered Greece, but Greece conquered Rome's morality. Very, very interesting that, yeah, you might be able to conquer a whole nation and a culture, but the morality of who you conquered may end up conquering you. Wow. And, and the view of what the Greeks thought about marriage and thought about the way of treating men and women ended up conquering Rome, and Rome became worse than Greece. So pretend we're sitting in church, if there, were, if there was that mindset in, in Ephesus, and we get read Ephesians 5.22 and Ephesians 5.25, wives, submit to your husbands. Uh, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So what do you think <laughs> the mindset would be? Whoa, I've never heard that before. That is, really? I'm supposed to submit to my husband? And he's treating me like this? I'm supposed to do that? What's he writing? That's not how it is. That isn't how it is. That's exactly right. And I'm supposed to love her as Christ loved the church? Come on. You've got to be kidding me. Just imagine that. That's the mindset that they had. He wasn't reminding them of something they already knew. We read that. And we've heard that. And that's our mindset. Times. That's our mindset. We're hearing something reminded maybe yeah. a new spin. Uh, oh, I don't want to believe that. But the, yeah, I've heard that before. But these people had never heard that. That's a very different mindset. Again, the mindset is they'd never heard it before. Paul was calling them to a new standard of marriage. He was calling them to a new standard of relationships. He was calling them to something that they didn't know anything about. And that's very important for us to put in our minds because what's going on here is as bad as it is today, it can get worse. When I think about, you know, the Jewish prayer that you read, bless God that I am not what? A Gentile, a slave, or a woman. A woman. Yeah. 
And if I were a woman, I could think, where is the hope? Where mm -hmm. is this God who loves me? Mm -hmm. What happened to this story mm -hmm. out of Genesis? Right. Where's the hope? Mm -hmm. Where? So, so now I'm thinking, okay, now it's today. Mm -hmm. How can my relationships be great? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Now that I know that they were thinking about it from a vastly different viewpoint than we're going to be seeing it, how can I make my relationships great? Well, unfortunately, I'm not going to let you know that yet because I want to I drag you down a little further here and uh, let, you, let you see a little bit more information related to how can we know where we are as a society? We can, we can look at those type of things and go, well, we aren't really as bad as that, but are we still pretty bad? Well, we know that we're pretty bad. Well, no, you raised that point, and it, it's there. You were saying for the first 500 years of the Roman consortium, there was no record of divorce. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, and then they write what? In the 200 BCs that we were conquered by Greek philosophy? We conquered the people, but their morality conquered, conquered us. us. Yeah. And I'm thinking, here's the United States, this great nation founded by people willing to die mm -hmm. for a common good, for a higher God that they right, believe. Right. And where are we today? Yeah, it's it's we're being conquered by this satanic mindset, you know, the sin nature mindset. That's what we're being conquered by. I'd, I'd like to offer another thing. What's so interesting is a, a guy by the name of Carl Zimmerman, The Family and Civilization. He wrote this book in 1947. Now, keep that in your mind, 1947. And here's a quote out of the book from the very beginning. Every powerful civilization like the Assyrian, the Babylonian, the Sumerian, the Greek, the Roman, and Western began with the male and female relationships resembling God's design for marriage. Quote, but every civilization declined, and the decline can be carefully charted by looking at the downfall of each family system in each culture. Very important statement. Listen to this one. The decline has been identical in every civilization. No difference. It's always been the same. He goes on to share with us three family styles. And again, you can get, get this detail in, in uh, chapter six of the Great Relationships material online, GR8, the numeral 8relationships.com. Go to chapter six, and you can see that every family system goes downhill and it follows three family styles. There's three family styles that they follow. First, it starts out with a trustee family, meaning the extended family, children, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, the entire clan is part of this family. And family health is high, promiscuity is low, divorce is low, juvenile delinquency is low, and individual rights are subservient to the extended family. So that's where it starts as a trustee family. Then it moves into a domestic family. We're talking about the way the civilization occurs, right? It goes into this domestic family, and children, parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles are limited, meaning it's a more narrow family system, right? Not quite as extended. Not quite as extended. And again, family health is good, promiscuity is low, divorce is low, juvenile delinquency is low, and again, individual rights are subservient to the rights of the trustee, excuse me, the nuclear family. Then it moves into this third 
family style. So it started out as trustee, moved to domestic, and then it ends up at this, what they call the atomistic, A-T-O-M-I-S-T-I-C, atomistic family. And this is the family style where children, parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles, it's all limited. It's pretty much just you. That's really what it boils down to. And family health is poor, promiscuity is high, divorce is high, juvenile delinquency is high, and here's the key point that he wants to make. Individual rights are the key. I focus on my rights, and community rights are subservient to my rights. That's where it ends up. And that is what we typically have operating in any downfall of society when individual rights are the key, meaning it's my way, I don't care about the rest of you, that's when you know that you're in decline. So the rights of the individual are supreme in this last one, and it said he said in his book that every society decayed in this way. So we have the sacredness of marriage, that it's Adam and Eve, and by the time it gets to be Adam and Steve, we're about to be handed our head. Bingo. Great relationships pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Great quotes for great relationships. That woman was taken from man no more implies the inferiority of woman to man than the taking of man from the ground implies the inferiority of man to the ground. Nor does the term helper connote subordination. Dr. Eugene Merrill. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Jumping right back into it, you're listening to Great Relationships, grnumeral8relationships.com is a website. You can share this broadcast. Listen again, Herman, before the break, we were simply talking about a book by Carl Zimmerman, The Family and Civilization, 1947. He said all these different civilizations in history, you could watch the family and know that they were about to hit a brick wall. In the beginning, marriage and family was sacred. Individual rights were subservient to the needs of family to their God as they understood him. And then all of a sudden it goes from being Adam and Eve to Adam and Steve, Mm -hmm. and they get their heads handed to him next. That's exactly right. In fact, it goes in that 
starts out as a trustee family, very extended family. Just like you said, the community rights were more important than my individual rights. It goes to a domestic family, still relatively extended family. But the key issue is family health still was good because individual rights were subservient to community rights. And then finally, you end up with a family system that is, it's all about me. It's not about whether I can serve you, it's whether you can serve me. That's, that's where the, uh, the system and the civilization ends up going. And what he further defined to us, let me give this to you very quickly, eight symptoms of this atomistic society. As we go through each of these systems, I'm going to go through them very quickly. You can, uh, you can get more details by going to the web, great relationships, gr, the numeral eight relationships.com. And I'm just going to go through these and you just be thinking, are we there? Number one, marriage loses its sacredness, frequently broken by divorce. Number one sign. Number two sign, the traditional meaning of the marriage ceremony is lost. That's the number two sign. Number three sign, the feminist movement abounds. Uh, Number four sign, there's an increased public disrespect for parents and authorities in general. Number five sign, there is an increase in juvenile delinquency, promiscuity, and rebellion. Number six, the hostility of the pseudo-intellectuals to the traditional family soon spreads to the common people, sealing the doom for society. Number seven, there's an increasing acceptance of adultery. And number eight, there is a tolerance for and spread of sexual perversions of all kinds. (laughs) Wow. So where do you think we are? Which step on that do you think we are in? We're there. We're there. We've, we've done all of those eight steps. I watched us pass all of those stations. We have arrived. That's exactly right. Do you remember when I said when he wrote this book? 1947. 1947 is when he wrote this book. So when the door opens, do I die or do I need to stay where I'm at and start headed the other way? You know, great, great question because that's the issue as it pertains to any individual relationship what we have a tendency to do is start focusing on where the society is and go woe is me oh life is horrible this is awful well god put us here for a good reason he knows why we're here and what you are to do in society is the same thing you're to do in an individual relationship which is do what he asks you to do So that's the key issue. You want to know how to make your relationships great? You want to know how to consider, is there anything good about this? Simply obey God, what he asks you to do. Just like put yourself in the shoes of those people in Ephesus for the first time hearing, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Yeah, that's exactly right. Pay attention to just do what God asks you to do. I love a statement that uh, Oswald Chambers makes. And I can't give the exact quote, but I'll give you, the, give you the idea. What he says is, we have a tendency to get into God's Word and try to reason through it and try to figure out, okay, I can figure out the logic here and how it matches over here. I can reason through it. And that's how I'm going to become a child of God with a higher desire for the Lord. 
And Oswald Chambers basically says, that's wrong. That isn't how it works. You simply obey him. And each time you obey him, that's when he gives you greater depth into something. <laughs> you don't reason through it. You simply obey what he asks you to do. Bless God. I, I remember a friend of ours, Steve Becker, he named his legs, oh, right? Yeah. One leg is obedience and the other is faith. Yeah, I love that. That is so cool the way he thinks about that. Because what he's saying there is... Sometimes I need to take a step with my faith leg in the right direction because I just need to trust God that he's what he is asking me to do is is right. At the same time, it's not always faith. I need to take a step with obedience. (laughs) That's just a really practical love that way that he thinks about that. So with the time left, what one thing do you want me to do? Obey what God asks you to do in every relationship, everything that God is asking us to do. And there's multiple things that you can go and find one simple little thing. You can go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and pick up something that is extremely important. Simply be thankful. Don't be sitting here and looking at the world and go, oh, woe is me. Everything's getting so bad and everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, 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 you know, we have a tendency to have that mindset. No, the issue is God's put us here for a reason. Just obey him and look at what he has asked us to do and do it. And that's the way that we get protected from having bad thinking. Obey God. There it is, the one thing, obey God with an attitude of gratitude, Mm. not remorse, not that this is crummy, please God, just obey God. Amen. So there you have, all of it comes out of, actually you can dig a little deeper in chapter six of the Great Relationships material on our website, that's greatrelationships.com, grnumulatrelationships.com. So, hon, uh, how many of the family are coming over this time? Looks like we'll have a full house. Again. What are we having? Same as always. Turkey and stressing. Stressing? What causes the stress? Have you not been at the last few family get-togethers? Can't you tell it's always more stressful? The more family you add to the equation, the more stressful it gets. I'm a grown adult, and I feel like I've turned back the clock and I'm in grade school again when Mom arrives. (laughs) That's funny you should say that. I feel exactly the opposite, like I'm the only adult in a room full of kids. There must be a better way, a way where we all seek each other's best and enjoy our family time. By the way, when we have family gatherings, I'm worried that you could actually think you ever act like an adult. Don't be a turkey. Join Herman and Paul for their next show to learn how to take the stressing out of family relationships.